All right, everybody, welcome back to the podcast. This is the eHunter podcast. I'm your host, Taryn Hunt. On today's podcast, I've got a pretty uh, controversial topic that we're going to be discussing, and I have a very special guest. Her name is Keely Hopkins. She's the Pacific States Assistant Manager with the Congressional Sportsmen's Association. Um, Keely was nice enough to join me and talk about the possible ban on hunting in Oregon. We posted the article about this uh, a couple weeks ago, and it got a, quite a bit of attention, and um, a lot of people had questions. And so I reached out to Keely, and she was nice enough to jump on a call with me and share some insights kind of about the background and what this truly looks like for the, this possible ban uh, on hunting in, in Oregon. Um, they need help. They need a lot of help in fighting this, and so she shares a lot of that information and how we can do that as sportsmen and hunters. Before we jump into the podcast, guys, as always, we want to thank Vortex Optics. Uh, Vortex is amazing. Uh, we, I think I mentioned this on a previous podcast, but spend a lot of time behind glass right now, whether it be behind a rifle scope, whether it be behind binoculars, spotting scopes. Um, Vortex has everything that you need, and the, the quality that you're going to get with, with Vortex Optics is pretty amazing. So make sure and check them out. It's vortexoptics.com for their website. You can check them out pretty much anywhere. You know, Bass Pro, Cabela's, Sportsman's Warehouse, really just about anywhere <laughs> you can find optics. You'll be able to find uh, Vortex Optics. So appreciate them and their support for us here at eHunter. So without further ado, let's jump into this podcast with Keely. Well, to kick us off, um, if you wouldn't mind, would you mind giving us a quick introduction, um, letting everybody know who you are, what you do, where you work, all that kind of fun stuff? Yeah, absolutely. So, Keely Hopkins, I am the Pacific States Assistant Manager with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. I am based in Portland, as I just mentioned. I cover a six-state region on behalf of Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, I cover Alaska, Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, and Hawaii. And I'm newer to the organization. I've been here since March, have a background in government relations, and am a licensed attorney. But really, my passion is working on hunting and fishing policy. So CSF has been the absolute perfect place for me to be. Oh, man. that's a Yeah, that would be a wonderful place to be for, for all of that. Do you get to go to Hawaii very often? <laughs> it's to be determined. I haven't yet. That's the only state, though, that isn't represented by a state legislative sportsman's caucus. Uh-huh. So that's my goal is to, to get that last state started with one. Oh, heck yeah. That would be awesome. I don't think travel's been so restricted lately, but uh, hey, that would be cool. <laughs> Absolutely. I I've wouldn't al- mind it. <laughs> I've always wanted to go to Hawaii. Man, we're already jumping down a rabbit hole, but um, I've always wanted to go to Hawaii and, and hunt axis deer. So that, that's like one of, on my bucket list to do before I, I kick the bucket. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, well, I appreciate the introduction. I appreciate you being on the, on the podcast, like I mentioned, because um, I said, like I said, I, I know this isn't uh, probably a normal thing for you, but um, I do appreciate you kind of helping us out with what's going on in Oregon right now. Because, like you said, I mean, there's a lot of stuff going, you know, a lot of interesting stuff going on in Oregon. But when they came out and said, you know, they're they're introducing legislation that could possibly well, and it's not even just um, make hunting illegal. I mean, there's so many different aspects of this. Like, apparently, you couldn't even raise cattle in Oregon and and whatnot. Maybe I'll maybe I'll just turn it over to you. Can you kind of tell me the details about this uh, this ballot initiative that was submitted? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. 
Um, so it does kind of cover everything that you could think of. It doesn't just ban hunting, fishing, trapping, but it would um, it would also prevent ranching. Um, it would prevent a lot of research that's being done, a lot of good animal husbandry and breeding practices that um, you know we currently have in place. What it would do is it would make it a crime to kill any animal. Um, so in effect, you know, that would obviously entail hunting, fishing, but it would also make it a crime if you were to touch an animal in a certain manner. Um, that would be considered a felony in some instances. Um, so it would restrict a lot of education. Um, you know, it's very far reaching, so it's hard to even go into what all it would cover. Well, that's, I mean, that is so interesting because, you know, my mind automatically goes to, like, the, the management of these animals. And I, and I guess I don't know what the plan would be because, you know, if you can't hunt them, you can't touch them, you know, hurt them in any type, any way, I mean, the numbers would just go, you know, off the board, I would think. Would you agree? I mean, would managing these animals be really tough? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the Oregon Department of Fish and Wildlife, they're the ones that are entrusted to manage our wildlife populations. They do so using a sound wildlife plan, you know, a wildlife management plan based on the unit, based on the clearing capacity for each unit um, to manage it so that it's a balanced ecosystem and that all the, the different species can thrive. And without having the tools of hunting, um, you know, it's going to be, they're going to have that tool removed from them. But then also, when you take away the revenue that's generated from hunting and fishing license sales, that's going to cut their budget by over half. So that's money that won't be available for conservation efforts, endangered species protection, um, you know, a whole range of things. I'll bet that's something that not a lot of people think of when they introduce legislation or ballot initiatives, I guess is what this was called, uh, is the, the financial piece of it. Cause you know, I, I have been on the, I've done podcasts, so many podcasts with wildlife biologists and, um, you know, we, we talk about this. We talk about, well, we talk about, you know, they manage the, the numbers because if you let the numbers increase or if, if you just make them unmanageable, then then you see a population of one thing grow and a population of another kind of go away. And like you said, you know, um, uh, oh, not, not extinct, but, um, you know, animals that are kind of on that list that are, you know, they're endangered or threatened. Yeah, that is the word endangered, you know, for those kind of animals, you could see them just completely disappear. And then on the other side of that, like you mentioned, is, you know, all the wildlife biologists talk about, well, hunting is what really brings in the money to do all this conservation. And and if you don't have those funds, then then there's a lot of this conservation that can't happen. And and then the end result actually is the animals actually get hurt even worse you know they they start dying Mm -hmm. of different diseases and malnutrition and things like that so boy right absolutely so if you do care about animals then you need to you know support the management of them and the conservation efforts you know they need to have the habitat where they can thrive and they need to have balanced ecosystems and so i feel like that was kind of a short-sighted um you know, affect when the the proponents of this maybe didn't quite think it through, or maybe they're okay with those effects. I'm not sure. So, who was it that actually introduced this? Do you know? Um, so it's a grassroots movement at this point. It was introduced by one gentleman that just recently moved to Oregon from Colorado. 
Um, there was a similar effort launched in Colorado, but because it violated the single subject rule in Colorado, it has been removed. So it's no longer um, going to appear on the 2022 ballot. But the one in Oregon is still moving forward. It's just one individual. He started a website. He's getting volunteers to help him with his campaign. Um, but at this point, it doesn't seem to be associated with any larger organization that we might be familiar with. Um, but it's still in the early stages, so we'll see how it evolves. And I think I heard that it was just introduced like in June or first part of July, if I, if I remember right. Well, there's a process that goes along with qualifying for the ballot. So his first step was he had to gather a thousand signatures to request the ballot title language. Um, and then there's a process that you go through in order to get the ballot title language in early July is when they finished that process and he was approved to start circulating the petitions in order to gather the signatures to qualify it for the ballot. Gotcha. Okay. Wow. That's, that's kind of amazing. So what do, um, you know, what, what do we as hunters, what, <laughs> what can we do to help kind of combat this a little bit? Well, I think it's important um, not only just for hunters in Oregon, but for hunters all over to be involved in this because the proponent has already said if we're successful here, we're going to be moving state to state. So he mentioned specifically uh, Washington, California, Colorado, you know, really any state that has a ballot initiative process. So I think the best thing we can all do is join together to make sure if this qualifies for the ballot that it's soundly defeated so that an attempt isn't made elsewhere. So right now, when they're in the signature gathering stage, it's really important that we get the message out, you know, decline to sign, do not have your local stores promoting this, don't let them gather signatures there. Um, just really, we want to do everything we can to prevent it from appearing on the ballot. Then if it does qualify for the ballot, we need to do our part to educate all the voters about not only what this would do for the sportsman's community, but if you care about conservation and wildlife management, then you also need to vote no on this. Okay. Gotcha. And I would imagine organizations like yourselves are probably taking the lead on this to help uh, combat it. And I'm sure there's items that you guys are doing outside of those things as well. Is that correct? It is. Yeah, absolutely. So we're working with a coalition of sportsmen's groups that have all came out opposed to this initiative. So we have a large coalition um, of hunters, fishers, conservationists, all working together in opposition. It's both with national partners, but also in-state partners. The Oregon Hunters Association has really stepped forward and taken a leadership role in coordinating the effort. Um, and we're still in the early stages. We have a steering committee and we're continuing to develop that campaign in opposition. Gotcha. Okay. I didn't even realize there was an Oregon Hunters Association. I, I, that's really good to know. And for those listening, I mean, make sure that you're reaching out to these organizations like them, supporting them, because honestly, they're going to be, you know, they're going to be the front runners helping combat these kind of things um, going forward. Keely, if you wouldn't mind, um, you know, one thing I found as I was I was talking to some of our staff about uh, doing this podcast with you, and a lot of them weren't really familiar with the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation and, and and what you all do outside of this. Would you mind taking a few minutes and kind of just talking about, like, I mean, you talked about all the different states that you work with, but, um, you know, what other things do you guys work on? 
Well, a lot of the work we do is focused on policy. Um, you know, we're the the leading voice in our nation's capital and in the halls of capitals across the country at the state level. Um, we work in a variety of manners to represent hunters and fishers, trappers, recreational shooters. Um, we have several different caucuses that we work with and help support. So we have the Congressional Sportsmen's Caucus, which is comprised of over 250 members of Congress that we work with um, kind of in unity to support conservation and wildlife management efforts at the federal level. And then, as I mentioned earlier, we have a state caucus in every single state that's made up of legislators from both sides of the aisle that we work with to enact policy at the state level in order to protect and advance hunting and fishing with states. We also have a Governor's Sportsman's Caucus, which is comprised of a lot of governors from across the country that we work with to do things like a National Hunting and Fishing Day proclamation, work with them and their agencies, you know, also to do everything we can to protect the sportsmen. Wow, okay. So I didn't realize, so let me make sure I'm hearing you correctly. So the members of, of this foundation are, are actually Congress members or, or, or people that are already in government positions, is that correct? No, so we work with them. Oh, you so work with them. our okay. organization, yes. So we're the organization that helps support them um, and the work that they're doing. So we kind of provide that leadership and that, um, you know, guidance and help do help them to do the work they're doing. Okay, I mean I, that makes sense because so in my real job I'm a I'm a nurse. Don't don't make fun of me for that. But uh, <laughs> uh, I run a home health and hospice company, and and so I, I've had the opportunity to go to to you know Capitol Hill and and, and be in, in the halls of Congress and meet with meet with them and and pushing different um, legislation as it relates to healthcare. So it sounds like you guys do kind of similar things in that you're you're there working with them but uh, also kind of taking the lead in, in making sure that our, our rights are are followed and we're able to do the things that we want to do. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, and we also work with a lot of other organizations, um, you know, to provide, so we're all working in the same direction, you know, under the same banner, moving forward. Um, so we work with a lot of partners, both at the national level and then within each of the states, too. Gotcha. How do people support you? Do you guys do like um, donations, funding type of a thing? Do you guys have different events? How do people help support um, your guys' foundation, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation? We do, yeah. There's a lot of ways. So we're a 501c3, so donations to us are typically tax-exempt. We do a variety of fundraising efforts. Um, I believe you can donate on our website at congressionalsportsmen's.org. Um, but we also do banquets. Um, a lot of the states we're in will work with the state legislative caucuses to host events. You know, like in California, we're doing a trap shoot. All of the fundraising and sponsorship that we generate from that will go to support the California Sportsman's Caucus. Um, in Washington, we're hosting a fishing trip up there this weekend to go out salmon fishing. So organizations and individuals that want to support the work of the Washington State Sportsman's Caucus can become a sponsor of that, um, but then also just supporting Congressional Sportsman's Foundation in general helps support the, you know, the staff to be out there in the field working with all of the caucuses. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Very cool, and I, I strongly encourage everybody that's listening, um, 
make sure and support foundations um, like the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation. I mean, you know, I, I've said this already a couple times on this podcast, but you know, they're the ones that are out there doing the work for us. Um, they're the voices that, that are heard and, you know, that this is what they do. So, you know, for us that have other day jobs and don't, don't have the time or the resources or ability to do these things, you know, you, you've got to be you got to be supporting the people that can. Um, and then when it comes to things like this, like I said, when, when we first posted that article about this proposed ballot initiative and, you know, everybody starts starts freaking out and wondering what we can do. And I really think it comes down to that, just really supporting the people that have the voice, that, that have the ability to to make a difference um, I'm on this. Um, Keely, going back to that proposed ballot initiative, is there anything that I missed mm-hmm. on that? As, I mean, did we, did we touch on everything? Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about as it relates to that? Not necessarily. Like I said, it's so wide-reaching that it really covers the full aspect of things that you know you wouldn't even think of until you're you know kind of picturing different scenarios like pest control you wouldn't be allowed to do any of that here in Oregon um you couldn't have rodeos you probably couldn't have you know a lot of horse riding events you couldn't have any of the breeding practices um that we normally see so it is just very far-reaching um but I'd encourage everyone to take a look through it also check out the campaign in support of it to get a sense of where they're coming from and just exactly how extreme and egregious um, their their thoughts are when it comes to animals. I didn't realize so that you can't even, and actually it is up on our, I didn't write the article, but it is up on our website that yeah, rodeos and similar exhi- uh, exhibitions that you couldn't even have that. Is that because it may hurt the uh, horse or something? Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Anything that could injure an animal um, or some offensive touching, as they describe it. Man, we have chickens. I wonder if that would be illegal. If you, could, I wonder if you could have chickens to lay <laughs> eggs. <laughs> yeah, you'd want to be careful with it. <laughs> oh my goodness, boy, that's that's kind of scary on how limiting that is. We do have a list up on our website of some of the things that are on this, but you also, um, you know, you can look at the proposed initiative and and find all the the specific details on that, but. Um, Man, that that's scary. What that this could possibly look like? You know, we're we're so narrow-minded in the in the hunting. I shouldn't say we're narrow-minded. All these hunters are probably yelling at me right now. But but we do. We get so focused on hunting and fishing, and it's our passion. It's what we love to do. And so our minds really think, okay, well, if you're going to take hunting away from us, oh, that's you know, that's a a red button item for us. But uh, yeah, when you look at all the other things that this thing could possibly do, my goodness, it, it could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, well, cool, Keely. Well, thank you so much for for jumping on. I I didn't expect this to be a super long podcast. I really just kind of want to get your um, thoughts on it. Uh, make sure that us as hunters really knew what we were up against here, and how. And I guess most importantly is how we could help. And so, um, again, strongly encourage everybody to support. Uh, the foundations that are are combating this, because obviously this goes against what what we love to do and what we want to be doing. Um, and then also just just stay informed of what's going on. As, as Keely mentioned, um, this was actually, they, they attempted to do this in Colorado, and um, it ended up being against against the Colorado's constitution, so it wasn't able to, to do it. But um, things change in a hurry, so you guys got to be on, on top of your game and make sure you know what's going on out there so again keely appreciate you uh you taking the time to to join this call with me actually i'm hoping this isn't the last podcast that you and i do together you might be a resource for me going forward if that's all right (laughs) 
Yeah, absolutely. I'd be happy to and happy to provide updates as we work our way through this process with the initiative. Let's do that. In fact, maybe I'll reach out to you uh, in a month or so and and just see if there's any changes. And if there are, maybe you and I can hop on another call and uh, do another podcast. Absolutely. I'd be happy to. Cool. All right. Well, I will let you back to it. Thank you so much.